0: Thanks to each of you who have given in some way, shape, or form and um, the way that God wants to use that, not just in the life of the church and in the world, but in your own life. It's an expression of faith, and I thank you for that. Um, I got some time today, <laughs> so I'm going to talk for a while, two three hours. <laughs> I got one prayer of the Lord. <laughs> I got a lot of nervous laughter. Um, let's, uh, we're a family here at the Vineyard, so even if this is the first time you're here, I'm, I'm going to invite you to be invulnerable. I won't make you, make you speak. I got a question. How many of you, by a show of hands, um, experienced in the last few days over Thanksgiving, oh, a little bit of trauma, maybe faced a little bit of despair, saw a little discouragement, maybe some depression out and about? How many of you? Okay. There's a lot of that out there, right? How many of you come back from Thanksgiving and right now your heart is really filled and, it, and it's full of hope? Do that. Okay. How many of you both? <laughs> That's where we're headed today. Right? Both hands up. I mean, because it's, it's the reality out in the world as we talk about hope. It's, uh, hope is not um, just a, an ethereal virtue that we fling out there. Hope, hope's a reality. It's there, as Ian said, and I'll refer to his message a couple times, um, uh, to grab hold of. Hope doesn't just take you over. It, God offers hope and you grab hold of it. And so when you see drama, despair, discouragement, bad things that start with D, you you got you to grab hold of hope as God offers it to you. And I, I really want us to do that this morning. Um, just a, a quick explanation of what's happening during Advent at the vineyard. So this is the whole month of, of December. I lit at the beginning of worship uh, the first Advent candle, which symbolizes hope. And over the next four Sundays, this one included, we'll be lighting the candle for hope, for peace, for joy, for love, and then on Christmas Eve, the Christ candle. And this is not just uh, liturgical fun for people like me who like that. There's meaning in the symbol. If you understand what the symbols about, you have access to the meaning. So Advent is a time in the, the life of the church, the year of the church around the world where we look patiently but expectantly forward to what God is going to do in and through our lives. Advent's just two Latin words, sort of to or toward and vene, which means to come, all right, one Latin scholar, thank you. So we are just looking forward to the coming of Jesus. And so the church in the world sets aside a month to think about, remember, and look for those signs that hope is being born in the world, that peace has been given to the world, that um, joy is expressed in the world, that love can, can go into the world, and that Jesus has come. So what we're going to do as a vineyard church, we're going to after the message thanks okay that's gonna be better it's better to talk about advent when we're all completely present (laughs) so advent is that time when we get to look forward to what jesus has done is doing will do And so as a church community, here's what's going to happen. At the front of the communion tables on each side, we have some little pieces of paper. And here's how we're going to join together as a family in the vineyard with the arts community helping us here to celebrate and pray into, lean into expectantly Advent. At the end of this message and every message in uh, in December, we'll give you a chance to come up and take a piece of paper and write a prayer request on there. This morning it will be for hope, someone in your life that needs hope, some place in your life where you need hope. And then anyone who wants to, you take that, that prayer request, and they're uh, in the coffee lobby right behind you, if you can picture it. On the wall, there are four jars, and the jars are labeled hope, peace, joy, and love. And we're going to be praying as a church family into those virtues, those promises of God over the course of Advent. And then on Christmas Eve... When you all come back at seven o'clock Christmas Eve for our, I think, actually our most awesome service of the year, we'll have those jars up here and we will remember and maybe even declare the praises of God as he answered those prayers for hope, for peace, for joy and for love. So we're going to do it together. I just plant that in your mind now. Be prepared as you're listening and I'll make that uh, real clear how to do that at the end of the message. I ask the Lord, as I often do, God, what do you want to say to the vineyard? And I usually um, ask him that before I prepare the message and then again after, just so he has two chances to get me, you know, to to get his word out to you. And uh, here's what I heard the Lord say. Randy, just let him know. Here's our prayer for Advent. Let hope abound. So why don't you just say that with me? Let hope abound. One more time. Let hope abound. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that hope would abound in this body and in everybody who's here this morning, that the hope of eternal life, the joy, the peace, the love of the kingdom would so fill our hearts that it would abound in us and through us and to the world. Lord, lead us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans fifteen thirteen. not a normal Advent first uh week of advent text but one i love and one god highlighted to me so it's what we get to do romans fifteen thirteen, paul says may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace hear the advent themes in believing so that by the power of the holy spirit you may abound in hope may the god of hope Fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That is Paul's prayer for us. That's inspired by the Holy Spirit. That is a perfect prayer. It's right, in, out, right out of the Bible. You get, You can have that one all year round. And it begins with the source of hope, the God of hope. And I just want to begin there. For us this morning, the God of hope. Think of this as the God in whom is hope. Think of him as the God who speaks hope, the God who embodies hope, the God who freely distributes hope, the God who empowers hope, the God who restores hope, who offers hope and the God who promises hope. That is the God that we worship this morning. He's the foundation of our hope. God himself is the foundation of our hope. I had this strange experience. I was worshiping here this morning, and I was just recognizing that in my own... Oh, this is weird. I'm sorry. It's me. In my spirit, like, I just felt a little wobbly. you Ever feel a little wobbly in your spirit? You know, in my soul, mind, will, and emotions, I'm a little bit like, oh, I'm a little nervy today. What's going on? I don't know what. I just feel a little, a little, I don't know, a little unstable. Has anyone... Ever in the world felt that? Great. All right. And you know what came to my mind because I know what I was speaking on? I was thought, you know, I don't stand on, a, on a, uh, an unwieldy foundation. I stand on the foundation of God's hope utterly and completely. It was a really good reminder for me this morning as I bring a message of hope to remember that our foundation is not a man-made foundation. Our foundation in life, our security, our hope is not founded on our ability to make a way in the world. Our gifts, even our calling from God, they're not built on those external things that are visible to others that sometimes we can trust in. The foundation and our security lies in God and God alone. So you see the psalmists all through the psalms say, in God alone I hope. Put your hope in God. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And I want to remind you this morning, he is God and he's worthy of our trust. I also want to ask the question, because Christmas is a good time to ask the question, do you know the God of hope? Do you know the God of hope? Not have you read books about hope? Not have you read books about God? Not have you read the Bible? But have you met the God of hope in the person of Jesus? There is no better thing that you could do at the beginning of Advent 2019 here at the Vineyard than to have a face-to-face encounter with the God of hope in the person of Jesus. So we're going to, we're looking forward to, we'll celebrate and declare that Jesus has been born into the world fully man and fully God. That he laid down his life for us. That he had us, each one of us on his mind, on the cross, and the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, by which he ascended into heaven to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. By that same power, he is able to save us. When we just say, Jesus, I believe, I trust in you, and I entrust myself to you. Jesus can be born In your life, this Advent. And I encourage you, if you've not made a a, a commitment to Jesus, a personal one-on-one, Jesus, here's my life and my sin. I take your life and your righteousness. Save me. This is the day to do it. That's your invitation. And we'll have that invitation right after the service. Our ministry team will be up front. That's good news, and that's always good news. And sometimes we need to preach it to ourselves. Remember that Jesus is our hope. Now, the question is, how might hope abound this Advent for us in the vineyard? And I think we find our answer in that one verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Was it end of October? Ian gave a a great message on hope Was it end of October. Yeah, he himself doesn't remember what he's looking (laughs) at, but you all do six Greek definitions, if I recall correctly. Go back to that last Sunday in October. Listen to that message. It was really a great message on hope. I want to reiterate the main thing that Ian said, what I heard him say is hope is something to grab hold of. Walking in, living in, abounding in hope is an active act. <laughs> it's the thing you do. It's something that you grab hold of. The devil will do anything he can to weaken and defile hope in your heart. I hate to say that. I don't want to give the devil any props, but he's out there. We've got to be aware. He will do whatever he can to weaken and defile hope in your heart. So we've got to hold fast. We've got to cling to Jesus and hope. And you can't grab hold of God's eternal hope when you're clinging in your mind, in your will, or in your emotions to anything temporal as your hope. Right? So let's do this. We're all family here. Close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. I won't take a picture and make fun of you. Put your hands out. Now, if there's anything, if there's anything if there's anything in the temporal right now that you have put your hope in other than Jesus himself, I just ask you to take those hands that are outstretched and turn them over. Just palms down. This is you releasing. Palms down. This is you releasing any other thing that you've put your hope in. Any other thing, any other person any other concept, any other philosophy, any other great plan that you have for your life. We just release these now, Jesus, as hands across the room are turned down. We release our ulterior other methods for finding hope in this world. And now, Lord, we open our hands. Just put your palms up again. We open our hands and we say, God of hope, fill us with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we might abound in hope. Amen. Before you get gifts from God, you've got to let go of stuff that you're trusting in. That's just how it goes. It's probably a great analogy. I'll move past it. Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors and commentators. This is what he says about hope. Hoping does not mean doing nothing. It's the opposite of desperate and panicky manipulations, of scurrying and worrying. You don't have to write it down or take a picture. I got notes. You can take them on the way out. It's not spinning an illusion or fantasy to protect us from our boredom or our pain. It means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. It is imagination put in the harness of faith. It is imagination put in the harness of faith. It is a willingness to let God do it, whatever he said he going to, was going to do, in his way and in his time. It's a great definition of hope. Hope is a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. So how does that hope abound at the vineyard in our lives Right here, December 2019. A couple of thoughts in my mind that come from this passage of Scripture, including the beginning of, of Roman 15. And number one is this, God's words of promise. God's words of promise. We sang about the promises today. It was beautiful. But if hope is a confident, alert ex- expectation that God will do what he said he will do, I'm going to give it to you straight. We better know what God said he was going to do, right? We better know what God said he was going to do. I better know what God said he was going to do. You better know. You better not. (laughs) No. I will not sing Christmas carols. You better know what God said he was going to do. And you know where we find that, right? It's it's this. Mine's a little worn and is missing half of Genesis and most of Revelation. That's all right, I'll get a new one for Christmas. It's it's God's word, it's the scripture. This is how we know. This is how we know what God said that He would do. That this is a source of hope. This book right here. If you don't know what God said He was going to do from the Scriptures, do not skip to point two. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do nothing else. Get a Bible. Pick up your Bible. Pick out your Bible. Go online for a Bible. I will give you a Bible if you ask me for one today. Open the scriptures for the next week or month or year or lifetime. And spend a little time every single day looking at God's word. Because this is what he said he was going to do. Romans 15 uh Romans 15:4 Do I have that Romans 15:4? Yes. This is Paul just 9 verses before in his letter. For whatever was written in former days, he's talking about the Old Testament, the Psalms, the prophets, the Torah, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance, who wants that for Christmas? Me. And through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So Paul says, here's the deal, people. You want to know what all these words of scripture are for? These were written for you thousands and thousands of years by dozens of different people, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that you would look in this word day by day and you would find here encouragement for endurance. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And some instruction that we might have hope. This is a source of hope. So my exhortation, do you hear me this morning? Get a Bible. Pick up your Bible. If you don't know how to read the Bible, you don't, know how, you don't know any concept, where do I start? What do I do? Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please talk to me. My wife will attest to you, I have 12 apps for different ways to read the Bible, and that's just the beginning. All right? It can be as easy, as complicated as you want. But by all means, look to the Scriptures. Pick up your Bible. It was given to us to encourage our endurance and to lead us to hope. So this morning, say yes to hope. Say yes to the words of promise in the scriptures. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you might abound in hope. So what was my first point? Just yell it. Just someone say Bible. Bible. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to do this together. Second, I see it right in the scripture, God's spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit that we might abound in hope. Paul prays that the God of hope would fill us with joy and with peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our own power, not by our brilliance, not by our even our discipline, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would abound in hope. A couple of thoughts. Paul's, Paul asked that God would fill us with joy and peace. We're going to get to joy and peace in the next couple of weeks. But let me just give you a, a little foretaste here. Both joy and peace come from God. They're each gifts from God, but they're not gifts that come down upon us and lead us. They're gifts that God puts in front of us, joy and peace, and we have to unwrap them every single day. That's why Paul says over and over, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Take joy. Why? Because it's active. Same thing with peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. In other words, he's not going to take it back. But then constantly, what's the first thing that Jesus says almost every time when he scares the bejeebers out of someone? Don't be afraid. Peace. Peace. In other words, accept peace. Look, I'm not here to hurt. I'm here to heal. Those are the words of Jesus over and over and over again. So I'm, I'm telling you, uh, joy and peace, they're, they're coming. They're offered, but we've got to take hold of them. There's an active part. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit in all of this. So these are gifts that must be actively and continually and willingly opened and practiced. Joy and peace are not pills we take that do an internal work without us knowing it. They're exercises. I'm really on that theme, aren't I? Like this morning, I think our cooperation in this season of Advent is so crucial in our lives in God. But we can't even cooperate with God without his Holy Spirit, right? We we cannot even cooperate. We can't even look to God unless God draws our eyes to him. So there's got to be a time when we come to God and we say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm desperate on my own. We know that when we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. If you've given your life to Christ, the Spirit of God is resident within you right now. We also know that. That in the book of Acts, and, and um, the, there are co- these continual stories of be- people believing and then being what? Filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit again. And so Paul will say in Galatians 5, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine. That's crazy stuff. It's a different Greek word, but whatever. But be filled with the Spirit over and over and over. So after you've given your life to Jesus, the best thing you can do here during Advent at the vineyard is ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Ask, Just say, God, I surrender everything. I'm done with everything else. I'm done with trying to make a plan for my life. I want you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill me and cleanse me and empower me and give me your gifts and guide me so that I can abound in hope. For the sake of the world. We'll have a ministry team right up front. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've never known that you've known. Wow the Spirit of God is in me. And and is is filling me. I just invite you to come forward today. And we'll pray for you. And believe that God will do exactly what God said he would do. Somewhere in the Gospels. Jesus says you know. The Father being good. Will he not give you the Spirit. All things. Will he not give us his holy Spirit when we ask? In other words, he will, of course, be true to His word. So number one was what the Bible and number two was God's spirit. All right. Number three, and um, you know, maybe those first two sounded hard, I don't know. Here's the tough one. We abound in hope. The same way people have been abounding in hope for thousands of years. There's no new method for hope. There's not a hope app. Blank, you know, and it's all in. Same way. We look to the scriptures so we'll be encouraged and have hope. We trust in the power of the Holy Spirit so we'll be be given gifts and we'll walk in hope. And then there's our part. There's faith. So the third part is my faith. And I want you to say that with me. My faith. Not my faith. You know, my faith. Our faith is a key ingredient to abounding in hope. So Paul says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And then there's this little phrase in believing. In believing. You want to skip over that one. I want to skip over that one. Just let him fill me. Joy, peace, hope. Woohoo! go to heaven. But he, but he, he gives us this part. It's only one word in Greek. Pistotheni. Just the one. In believing. In believing. And in, in, in the context, what, what this word, pistis, what this word faith, means is to believe not just mental assent. I know that Jesus is present. He's done a good thing. Yeah, he's really good. He could do the song we sang, move mountains, do it again, whatever, right? But to entrust ourselves to him, not just to trust him. I put my trust in you. I know you can do what you say you will do, but I entrust myself to you, which says I not only believe you can, but you will. And I'll prove that I believe that by walking it out. By entrusting completely my life to you. How many people have heard of the great Blondine? Come on. A couple. Very few. Very few. All right. I'm going to show you a short video. This Merry Christmas from Randy. He's going to shut up and show you a video. All right. Um, fortunately for our deaf community over here, it's just words. I mean, she gets the break. <laughs> it's just words. The, the the great the great blonde dean. And I'll just let it roll. Um, would you go, Angie, would you mind flicking the lights down there? What's the point? Get in the barrow. There's a difference between believing in Jesus. Yeah, you can do it again. And believing in Jesus, who has carried millions and millions of people across the Niagara Falls of life into the destiny of eternity with great hope, with great love, with great peace in the midst of great difficulty. And the question is, will we entrust ourselves to Jesus like that? And that, for me, brings it real personal. It's not just a a nice illustration. It's what will it look like for me to place my life in the hands of Jesus day after day without a safety net? With no backup plan. Just me and him, which means just him. And so Paul prays that we, the God of hope, would fill us with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, more powerful than the great Blondine, we would abound in hope. What's it going to look like when the Indy Vineyard Church abounds in hope? What's it going to look like in our neighborhoods? How will it change our drama and despair and depression when we abound in hope? Because we've taken hold of the scriptures. We've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're walking out radical lives of trust in Jesus with no net. And so my my questions for you, what is the God of hope saying to you this morning? What is it that the God of hope is asking you to believe today? What is the God of hope asking you to do today? What does it look like for you to pick up the scriptures to find out what he said he would do? What does it look like for you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit so you can do what you could never do because you're in his power, not your own? And what does it look like for us to walk out radical trust in Jesus? Let's stand. The ministry team could come forward. want to give opportunities for prayer. There are lots of possible responses this morning. I won't tell you what to do. I'll give you some invitations. Maybe you know that you know you've never met Jesus, and it's this morning. This is the day. This is your day of salvation to come and say, I need to know the Son of the living God. I invite you to come forward. Talk to someone here in the front or to me or any pastor or elder or leader, the person you came with to meet Jesus. Maybe you long to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'd invite you to come forward and just say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thanks, Linda. This is an example. Faith means walking. <laughs> Maybe God has spoken to you what he wants you to believe or what he wants you to do. I want you to respond to that in some way. And I ask you and invite you, any number of you, bring a pen from your seat. Take a, a piece of paper. There's lots more out in the, by the jars and uh, write down, God, here's, here's what abounding hope could look like in my life. Someone in your life who needs abounding hope, write their names in the prayer request. Put it in the jar. Someplace in your life where you need hope to abound, hope to show up, hope to reveal itself, hope to be grabbed onto, write it down. We'll pray over those together as a family of God got our uh, personal prayer art people over here on to my right your left and they would love to pray for you draw a picture and give a word of encouragement to you I invite you to come forward if you want someone to pray for you or just to stay as um, Lynn and Jonathan play over us my prayer is that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace in believing That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would abound in hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please come forward if you'd like someone to pray for you.